This morning's scripture reading is from Romans 15. I would encourage you to follow along with your own Bible. If you don't have one, you should be able to find one in a chair rack near you. You will find Romans 15 on page 949. If you don't have that, you probably have a phone or a tablet, and you probably know how to use it better than I to find Romans 15. We'll be reading the first seven verses. Um, before I read, I just want to remind us, if I held up a piece of paper here that was handwritten, and I said, this was written by God, how would you receive that? How would you read it? This was written by God. Hear now the words of the one true, only living God. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not just please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself. As it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Here ends the reading of God's most holy, all-sufficient word. Thank you, Tim. Well, the Lord's table that we partook of this morning reminds us um, that in Christ we are forgiven. It reminds us of who we are in Christ. The Lord's table also reminds us who we are together as a body of believers in Christ. And, and we know that it is those relationships that we have with one another in Christ that are the source of much joy and blessing. But we also know that relationships can be the source of much conflict and brokenness. Why is that? Um, is the main problem other people? <laughs> we sometimes would like to think that it was, and we wish that it was that way, but the problem really is primarily us. I say that because no matter what is done to us, we have the responsibility to respond in a way that will honor Christ. Um, the, the problem and, and really the opportunity is that God uses relationships to expose sin in our own hearts so that we can grow and change for his glory. Even the sin of being judgmental towards those God has accepted in Christ. 
God exposes our judgmental hearts as we live together in community. Um, As Paul David Tripp argues, and I agree, relationships are a mess worth making. Um, But God knows. Um, God knows what we need. God knows how we can live together well for his glory. We find help for that in Romans chapter 14 and 15. Today I want to focus on the first seven verses of chapter 15. Verse 7 in particular says, therefore welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. So how God treats us in Christ gives us the needed power an example for how we can live in relationship with one another. But this verse has a context. And in chapter 14, we learn that within the body of Christ, some individuals believe that they're free to eat anything, while there are others who believe that they can only eat vegetables. Within the body of Christ, some individuals treat every day of the week the same, while some place a greater value on one day other over another. And Paul says in that situation, don't pass judgment on those who God has accepted in Christ, even though they have a different viewpoint than you on disputable matters. So what is a disputable matter? Well, it's a matter that the Bible does not explicitly call a sin, but often becomes a matter of conscience for individuals. So even if the Bible does not explicitly condemn something, a believer may think it is sinful. And if you think that something is a sin, and you do it anyway, for you, it is a sin. But for others, because God does not condemn it, they may exercise their liberty in Christ without violating their conscience, and for them, it is not a sin. Um, There are, in fact, many, uh, there can be many disputable matters. It's not just eating meat, meat that uh, had one time been involved in uh, uh, an idol temple worship. So it's not just eating meat, it's not observing a particular day is more sacred than another. It can be the clothes that you wear to church. It can be your approach or philosophy of educating your children. It can be getting or not getting COVID vaccines. It can be wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. It can be your political viewpoints. It can be many different things. Paul says, don't despise one another, for we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Um, Not each other. We won't stand accountable to each other. We'll stand before Christ. Each of us will give an account for our lives to God. So again, don't pass judgment on one another. Never be a stumbling block or a hindrance to your brother. Do not for the sake of food or a day destroy the work of God. Don't let a disputable matter become more important than the work of God in saving and transforming sinners. So pursue what makes for peace and mutual edification. So that's kind of a summary of chapter 14. And so here clearly Paul 
was, a, was addressing brokenness in relationships in the church. And thankfully, um, the Spirit through Paul shows us in the first seven verses of chapter 15 how we can live together for the glory of God. And the first thing that we learn is this, that we are to bear with the failings of the weak for their good, not, not our own. Verse 1 says, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. So we, we are all in the process of learning and growing. We are all at different places in our walk with Christ. Some are stronger, some are weaker. Our, our flesh, though, produces pride. And if we are proud of what we know or proud of our spiritual growth, we will be judgmental towards others. We will be harsh with others. We will look down on others. And that destroys relationships in the church. If we live in step with the Spirit, we will be humble. And with humility, we will bear with the failings of the weak. We will remember that Jesus has been patient with us and we must be patient with others. We will think of what's best for others. If we are strong and someone else is weak, we will seek um, to do good for them and to help them grow. Um, As an example, if you have come to understand the doctrines of grace, um, you are indeed richly blessed. But if you are not patient with others who don't understand the role grace plays in salvation in the Christian life, um, can, can you say that you really know God's grace? Knowing God's grace will change how you treat those who have not yet come to the place to understand the weightiness and significance of God's grace in our salvation and life. The the truth is this, God's grace will give you a desire to please your neighbor for their good. Verse 2 says, let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. So now this is not being a man pleaser. A man pleaser, if you, if you fear man, if you want to please man, a, a man pleaser lives dependent on the opinions of others and then does whatever they can to gain the approval of others. They, they never really see or think about what God thinks or says about them. Their only de- desire is the approval of others. But For the person that rests in God's love for them and God's acceptance of them in Christ, that person is motivated to serve others or to love others for their good. No no strings attached. The, the, The flesh is always looking out for self. The spirit teaches us to serve others for their good. Um, This is really antithetical to what the world says. The world says, you need to look out for number one because no one else will. But Jesus teaches us the joy of serving others or pleasing others for their good. Not that it's always easy. In fact, 
it can be difficult. Sometimes you have to sweat, you, you sacrifice, you die to self, you crucify self. Um, you not do something that you had wanted or planned to do. But that was the life of Jesus. And we are told to follow the example of Christ. His life wasn't focused on pleasing self. Verse 3 says, For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. This is a quote from Psalm 69.9, which says this, For zeal for your house has consumed me, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. So Jesus was so passionate about doing the will of his Father in heaven for his glory that he was more than willing to endure the suffering that came with that. Um, if Jesus was only thinking of himself, he would never, ever have been willing to come to this earth and to go to the cross for sinners. But Jesus did perfectly because his focus wasn't on pleasing self. Again, he was passionate about doing his father's will for his glory. And that meant that he gave his life to, to demonstrate his love for you. Um, Jesus taught us this. He said, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You are called to this way of life, to serve others for their good. Um, serving others for their good can at times create a war in your own heart. Um, we we are so naturally prone to serve self, but Jesus calls us to serve others for their good. Um, again, we won't learn this from the world. We'll learn this from God. That's why we must put your hope in God who, through the scriptures, gives you instruction, perseverance, and endurance. Verse 4 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Uh, you, you know this, relationships are not always easy. Um, we can get discouraged. We can be selfish. Others can be selfish. We can sin against people. Others can sin against us. But God teaches us through the scriptures and he gives us endurance and encouragement through scripture so that we can have hope for living in relationships. Um, our son and his wife bought a house several year, years ago at the end of a street. It, it's actually in a suburb, but their house is at the end of a dirt road within the city limits and they have a lot of privacy. Um, the house that they bought was sold as part of an estate sale. And when they took possession of this house, it still had a lot of personal items from the previous owner who had died. And this man had been a loner for many years. Um, this, this man wrote a book about his life that they discovered in the house. Um, and Annie's mother read this book. 
And in a nutshell, this man talked about wanting to be alone because of all of the hurt and disappointment he had in relationships. He's probably not the only one that's ever felt that way. There are lots of people who want to live off the grid, up north, in the woods, by themselves, because they think that is where they will find peace. The problem with that is that God has made us to be social beings. God created us to live in relationships. The, the problem is that sin distorts or brings brokenness to relationships. And so the solution to this brokenness is not isolation geographically or relationally. The solution is the gospel. The gospel tells the story of what God has done to reconcile sinners to himself. The gospel reveals how we can have real peace with him and with each other. In fact, the entire Bible is the story of what God has done to make this happen. The, the Bible is filled with instruction that gives encouragement and hope. And without God speaking into our lives, teaching us, encouraging us with Scripture, we will not endure or have hope for relationships in life. First with Him, but then also with others. But with God's help, we can live in harmony with one another for the glory of God and for the glory of God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verses 5 and 6 say this, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant to you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We, we need to be reminded that God is the God of endurance and encouragement. Uh, re relationships can be hard, but not impossible with God's presence and help. He is the one who gives to us a desire to live in harmony with one another. That is, we, we have a like mind about life. So what is it that, can, that we can and in fact must agree upon? It's this, to be like Christ who lived for the glory of his Father in heaven. Together we are called to, to have one voice in bringing glory to God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, in Ephesians, or not Ephesians, James chapter 3 verse 15, it's a passage that teaches us that if we have jealousy and selfish ambition, we will have all disorder and every vile practice. So if there's jealousy in our heart, if there's selfish ambition in our heart, it, it just throws a wrench into relationships big time. But with a pure heart, a heart that is really set upon more than anything else. I don't have to win. I don't have to be noticed. I want God to be glorified. I want him to be exalted. If with a pure heart and with the Spirit's help and with the instruction and encouragement we get from Scripture, 
we can live in unity with one another for the praise of God's glory. This shows the world that we belong to Jesus Christ. Um, Now, to sum up this exhortation to live together for the glory of God, we're commanded to welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Verse 7 again, Therefore welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. So on what basis are we accepted by Christ? It's, it's through repentance and faith in the atoning sacrifice of Jesus that we are accepted by God. We are justified by God. We're counted righteous by grace through faith in the person and work of Jesus. And if Jesus accepted you on the basis of his shed blood, I must also accept you on that same basis. Now, I think it's important to remember that if a sinner refuses to repent of his or her sin and believe and and refuses to to believe the gospel then they in fact are still under the just condemnation of God Paul's Paul's not saying that we should welcome that person as a brother we should minister to that person we should love that person we must have mercy on that person we must speak truth in love to that person we must speak the gospel to that person but we will not fellowship with that person we won't share life together in Christ because that person isn't in Christ so unrepentant sin does separate people in relationships but disputable matters should not be the reason we separate. Um, And quite honestly, this is where believers can get into a lot of trouble. Relationships can really struggle when we press our personal preferences and convictions or matters of Christian liberty on the lives of other people. Um, So many problems occur in relationships when we make judgments against people based upon disputable matters. Uh, We can wrongly judge a person accepted by Jesus when we make food or drink or vaccines or masks or a host of other disputable things more important than the gospel. The gospel must be the basis of our our relationship and fellowship with others. The the gospel must be what keeps us from making disputable matters separate us from those that Christ has accepted. The, The gospel must be the glue that holds us together. Welcome one another into your life as as Christ has welcomed you, a, a sinner saved by grace. That brings glory to God. The, The sinner who repents and believes the gospel is accepted by Jesus, and that is the person that we also must accept without judging. 
Um, communion reminds us of who we are in Christ, and communion reminds us that we are together as one in Christ. It's through the gospel of Jesus Christ that we live together with one heart and one voice for the glory of God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your mercy that you have poured out into our lives, your grace, your favor, your love. Uh, Thank you for bearing with us. Thank you for not treating us as we deserve, but instead um, sending Jesus, your son, to the cross so that our sin could be wiped away and forgiven and we could be restored to a right relationship with you. Father, I pray that you would help us as people to live in a relationship with one another in such a way that we can really focus upon what you have done for us in Jesus, that we can make much of the gospel, that it is our understanding that you've accepted us through Christ and, and therefore we, we need to guard our hearts against being judgmental against those that you have accepted also in Christ. And so, Father, help us to live in light of the mercy and the grace that you have given to us in the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Give us hearts that that put to death selfish desires. Give us hearts that put to death any jealousy where we long to have what others have. Lord, help us to be content with what you have given to us in Christ by your Spirit. Help us to understand how richly loved we are by you and enable us by your Spirit to love, genuinely love one another, accept one another in Christ and seek to serve them and please them and build them up in Christ for their good and for your glory. Give us, give us hearts Father, that, that care more about seeing you exalted than us winning an argument or being recognized or, or, or getting any selfish desire met. Give us hearts that genuinely care about seeing you honored and glorified by seeing Christ exalted. Help us to live together in that way. Help, help us to love one another as you have loved us. Help us to accept and welcome one another as you have accepted us and welcomed us into a relationship with you through the wonderful, rich work of Jesus. Father, I'm thankful that you are at work in our midst. I'm thankful that though we are weak, you are strong And that gives us great hope for today and for the days ahead. And so, Lord, we anticipate and we look forward to the ongoing work that you will do in us and through us together as a church for the glory of your matchless name. We pray all of these things in the precious name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen.